It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Top of the Key. As always, I'm Grace. Um, so we're recording this on Friday night, me and Thomas. It's 6.56, and it feels like almost everyone signed a contract yesterday yeah um i feel like we we kind of had a taste of what the nba is like a little bit where there's still players out there and stuff but for the most part i feel like the nba offseason kind of goes the same way where they tamper legally and then they're like oh actually let's just sign all the people now on the first day and yeah that's where we are yeah, when I was doing my my outline for this episode, I was looking back at the older episodes of all of our free agency preview, and I went, okay, let me find the people who haven't signed, and we can talk about that later in the episode. And it literally was like two people. Yes. And like, <laughs> that's, so I'm anticipating the middle portion of the show is going to be a speed run, and it's also going to be 40 minutes long. Yeah, it's going to be like 40 <laughs> minutes of nonstop us saying, yeah. <laughs> yeah, makes sense. <laughs> um, so let's start. We'll get into the trades because that was, you know, there were a few trades that sort of allowed everything to happen with free agency. Um, I think this was the first of the trades that happened. The uh, The Minnesota Lynx and the Connecticut Sun made a trade in which the Lynx sent Tiffany Mitchell and the number 19 pick this year to the Sun and the Sun sent the Lynx. Uh, Natisha Heideman. Um, this was kind of the start of what we, I at least I didn't realize was going to be like the weird way the point guard market was going to happen this year. I feel like we were talking about the Sun need a point guard and the Lynx need a point guard and the Sky need a point guard. And then like 
none of the big free agent point guards went to them. Uh, went there. Kind of yeah. weird. <laughs> it was like all the teams that really needed a point guard did other things. Not other things in terms of like um they just they just went in other directions and it was interesting. And I'm kind of surprised that they went in those directions. Yeah. Like the 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 Lynx at least, and again we'll get into this later, the Lynx at least picked up one of the some not one of the top line free agent guards, but did pick up like a good free agent guard. But again, yeah, like the sun sort of just stood pat weirdly. Yeah. You know, like you uh, and we'll again we're gonna get to this later, but it, it, you see a lot of the other teams at least attempting to get up to the level that the the Liberty and the Aces are at in their free agency uh this this year. But um yeah the Sun just sort of Good. And I, I get it. Like they they have a good team, obviously. They have Alyssa Thomas, they have Brianna Jones, like they have all these players, but they clearly had a need at guard, and their fix was Tiffany Mitchell, who didn't get it done for the Lynx. Like I I don't get it. Yeah, it was a little under like I'd be a little underwhelmed if I was a uh I almost said a Suns fan, but if I was a Sun fan. <laughs> Uh, because, yeah, it's just like there's a lot of options out there that you could have went, and you went with an option that wasn't really great last year. And, like, you did get a pick back in return, so that's but it's not a premier one by any stretch. So I don't know. It was just an interesting way to go about your the hole that you have on your And, of course, the offseason is far from over, so I don't know if they're going to – if they have something else that they were planning on doing. But a lot of the free agents have signed, so maybe it's another trade. Yeah. Um, the next trade that happened was, um, and this, this, I think keyed a lot of people into where the, where the storm are looking to now, um, the sparks and the storm traded, uh, the sparks sent their 2026 first round pick and the storm sent Kia nurse and the number four overall pick, um, sparks picked up their third first round pick of, of this this draft coming up um, and they made another trade where they got another pick, but sent a pick. So they have now have three picks in the top eight of this year. Um, but more notably the storm, this clearly was a move for the storm to clear payroll. Um, doing this allowed them to make cap space for two max and two minimum contracts. If they do an 11 player roster, they've already done one of those maximum contracts now. So Clearly, the Storm are looking to retool very quickly around Jewel Lloyd and Ezzy Magbagor and, and go for it, which is great. I think that's really fun. Yeah, I think this is a very uh, classic both teams did well with what they need to do here type of trade. Um, like you said, obviously, the uh, Storm are freeing cap space up because they need to retool the roster because it's just time for them to do that. and. They have some pieces there that they want to build around. And the Sparks have been like kind of rudderless for a really long time, it felt, it feels. So it's nice for them to finally, what do they have? Like you said, they have three top top 10 picks or something like that. Three um, picks in the in the top eight in a very in eight, deep yes. class. So. so like they're going to get three, maybe they trade one to like kind of get an established younger player already. But they at the very minimum they will have three corner pieces to build around and they have three young ones too where you can immediately go into next season 
and be like, it's growing pains years. And then you could have another top pick because they probably will miss the playoffs. And then they could also just have three, like all rookie type players. And then here we are, you know what I mean? And so they're in an interesting place too. I think everyone kind of gets what they needed out of the situation with a trade like this. And yeah, it's, I think it's exciting for the sparks, especially because obviously the Stormer, they already used one of their max slots and they're probably going to sign someone else soon with the max. That's what I think is going to happen. We'll get into that. But like the Sparks needed to do the full face change, I think. And I think they were reluctant for too long. And now here we are. And I think it's kind of a good thing. Yeah, they let they let the players essentially make that decision for them. Like the players saw where the team was going. And then finally the, the NECA decision to part ways created this moment where okay we can we can now fully rebuild and, and again this is the perfect year to do this because three picks yeah. in the top eight are gonna net net you i mean at least you've got you got the number two pick even if the rumors that i've that i've been seeing a little bit uh that page beckers may stay at uconn another year and use that covid year even if that's true okay great you're drafting cameron brink like you, you're not mm-hmm losing anything in the situation now you have the number four pick so whoever that ends up being Aliyah edwards rakia jackson whoever great now you've got them um and then the number eight pick you know there's 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 a non-zero chance they use that and take angel reese and that could be a really fun team now if they pick up a guard and two two good bigs like that turns into potentially a very good team next year okay so the last espn mock it's like just uh just to throw it out there, because I was curious. You said they have two, four, and eight now? Yes. That That is exactly, it is, two is Cameron Brink in this one. Um, four is Camilla Cardoso from okay. the, the center from South Carolina. I don't think they would do both of those things, because that's two bigs getting drafted in the top five that's... I think they would go Becker or they would do Cameron and then do like maybe an Aaliyah Edwards, like you said, or like, um, and then eight is Angel Reese. So like that is exact, basically what you said. And that's kind of what, cause I was curious to see what the ESPN mock said. That was, I literally looked up for the first time live, but yeah, like that's rebuilding your team. That's three starters. That's three people who you could build around. And then you could start signing people to bigger contracts as free agency is if you have a good but not great season next year and all three of them pop, that's an easy sell to a free agent Yeah, to be like, Hey, come be the person who puts us over the top. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I don't know. I think it's a nice move for both of them. And then, like you said, the storm, the storm, it kickstarts them in a free agency way where while the picks are, are needed, like that fourth pick, they, they would have loved to probably have it. I'm sure. But they're going to sign a good player and they already did. Yeah. So it's also, I think because this class is so deep and because the, you know, the players in this class, they're not just good. They're really well known now because of NIL and because of social media. Um, you're go. Yes. It's going to hurt for fans to lose NECA after losing Candace Parker, after losing Chelsea Gray. But at the same time, they are now going to have, you know, California's own Cameron Brink or whoever come in and if they get someone like Angel Reese who's one of the biggest name players in the country that's a lot of good stuff for the fans too like that's going to work out well it's not like they're just drafting nobodies they're drafting people who are good and that they've heard of but also like I don't even think from a fan's point of view and like maybe I'm just looking at it differently but 
like letting them go at when they let them go. It was kind of time, you know, like I think if the sparks just kind of kept it pushing with what they were doing, they would just be kind of mediocre and nobody wants that. Even if good play, even if franchise beloved players are there, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So I don't know. I, I think the there's, I, I think this, yeah, I think there's both sides to it too. The way I see it is just like, again, we're Mets fans. Was it time, given everything that's played out in the year since, to let Jacob Degrom go? Yes, given given the way that played out. Obviously, this team this year wasn't good for the Mets either. But like, whatever. I mean, happened, he got hurt. Yeah, yeah, he got like, hurt. But and also, you know, he's thirty four, whatever. But it also it sucks. It just sucks to see someone. Yeah, leave, it's even both. If you, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's this was a really this was a really good trade. That was a trade that was like this is going to be a fun free agency and this is going to be a good free agency, which I think both I came true. Um, and then finally, uh, yesterday on February first was the the final of the trades that we know about thus far. We're still waiting for one more big trade that we know is pro- almost certainly going to happen. <clears throat> we just inhaled something. Um, the sparks and the dream completed the sign and trade of Jordan Canada. So Jordan Canada sent Jordan sent the Sparks sent Jordan Canada, uh, who had just signed a two year contract where the first year she gets 185,000, the second year she gets 190,000, and they sent the number 12 pick. And the Dream sent Ari McDonald and the number eight pick, um, which makes sense for all sides. And I'm glad that Canada got protect got a protected contract, got years and got money. I mean I think Everyone in this situation made out great. Yeah, I think um, I think clearly with like we were just talking about at length with the Sparks and where they're at, they could have probably just kept Canada, but also then I think they, I think they just want to do a full rebuild here, and I think this is the best way to go about it: getting another pick, getting a first round pick, and getting um, I mean, Ari McDonald's fine, but like it's more about the pick and getting Canada to a place where she could really be a main part of that organization, you know? Yeah. And I think the, the, the dream last year, especially in the playoffs, I think a element that got exposed for them was a bit of a, a defensive issue. And I think Jordan Canada will help with that. Not that the, you know, that was the only yeah, thing that kept the dream from beating the aces. But I think the reason why those two games against the, the aces went the way they did was partially just due to a, um, lack, not lack, but le- lesser defense. And I think Jordan Ka- Canada will improve that. She's going to help them quite a bit. Like, she's good. <laughs> she's good, and you trade the eighth pick for her when you're a talented team that's trying to get to the next level 100% of the time. And when you're the Sparks and you're that far away, you trade Canada for a first-round pick to help re- restock everything, especially when you have the second and the fourth. You could package maybe some of them. I don't know. Maybe maybe do something else with the eighth pick, and you don't pick someone there. But there's a lot you could do now when you could really let a youth movement movement happen in LA, which is nice. Yeah, and the dream also they got back the number twelve pick. They got back a first yeah. round pick, so it's not like they're completely off the board in the first round. Again, it's a yeah. deep draft. They're going to get a good player there for sure. And we're going to say this about a lot of. Um, I feel like until we ex- the league expands even more, we're going to say this almost every year. But there's college women's hoops are just, it's just getting better. And so now almost every draft is going to be like 
oh, this draft is so talented because all these <laughs> all these players are better than they were. You know, there's just yeah. so many talented players coming out in these drafts now. So, yeah, it's this is this is shaping up to be with all the player movement with the draft. This is going to be a very fun and exciting. 2024 WNBA season, I think at least. Yeah, I think so too. I'm looking forward to it a lot. Yeah. Um. So let's let's take a break here, and when we come back, we're just gonna go right into all of the insanity of free agency day one and a half. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, and we're back. Um, so a bunch of moves happened, like I said, the ton of stuff. So I'm the way I separated it in our outline. The way we'll run through this is um by team, and so we'll start off with the the dream who signed three players. Um, as of like five o'clock today, I didn't update this since then. So if someone else signed, just Go look at it, a actual really good resource for me that I use to make this is across the timeline.com. Yeah, that's their that's transaction. Yeah. yeah, their transactions list has everything with the date and it has um sources. So you can click on the little thing and find out what, what everything is. I don't have a ton of um details other than years because a lot of these don't have a number attached to them yet in terms of um money. But if it if I know it was like a max deal or something like that, I tried to put that in. Um so First, the Atlanta Dream, they signed three players. Um, they signed Nia Coffey t- for two years, and then they gave out two one-year contracts. Uh, Ariel Powers, who played last year, I think, but not a ton. There was a whole drama with her in the links, um, and she wasn't going. Much like Skylar Diggins-Smith, whole drama, she didn't want to go back. Um, and then Tina Charles is back, which is very fun. She's been doing great in China this offseason, so that's super fun. Yeah, I'm happy for her that she's back. I'm looking up Tina Ariel Power stuff right now. She played like 30 games. Oh no, it, this is the, Wikipedia for WMBA is so annoying. Oh, it's so bad. It, like, it's like a year late. I and I went, always, I'm so used to just going on a Wikipedia page and just yeah. looking at the. You know what I mean? I I do it every time. I I went to Brianna Stewart's page the other day just to see something, and the New York Liberty section of her page. Now, she won an MVP this year. She made it to the finals. They won the Commissioner Cup. The New York Liberty section says this. On February 1st, 2023, Stewart signed with the New York Liberty and free agency. All right, it's That's objectively it. true. It's objectively <laughs> true. She played 20 games, zero starts last year. Yeah. So there was only, a whole... no, only nine minutes per game. So it was a whole thing. Yeah. Uh, so that was a no doubt she wasn't going back there. Hopefully now she she's on the dream. Hopefully they'll 
value her and use her to her best. And ability. I mean, like she's been good for years before yeah. this. So, so it was just vibes. Like it was just, they just didn't get up. It was just a bad situation there with the links. I don't know what's going on up there, but <laughs> there's something. Minnesota. It's the thin air. It's the thin cold yeah. air. There's something going on up there that everyone's <laughs> mad, but. <laughs> All right. um, but yeah, other than that, they didn't make any sort of uh, huge, huge, huge moves other than Nia Coffee, but no Maxes, no gigantic free agents, nothing like that. Um, the Washington Mystics. Now, yesterday I saw it re- reported by, I believe, the um, there's some sort of Washington basketball. I think it covers the Wizards and the Mystics, their um, SB Nation page, put up a story about how um, Mike Thibault, right? Is he's the dad and then Eric's the son, or is Eric the dad and Mike's the son? I think Mike's the dad. Okay, so Mike Thibault, who's still the um, the GM of the Mystics, he had said sent a letter to the season ticket holders and basically said, he's the dad. Mike's the dad. Yes. Uh, Uh, He was like, listen, um, so we don't love that this is happening, but we're rebuilding. Um, And that was very evident in the contracts they signed because um, they signed Carly Samuelson for two years. Uh, They gave Julie Van Lue a rookie scale contract, which is three years plus the additional, um, restricted free agency year um on top of that three plus one and um it's you know this rookie scale so sixty seven thousand to start or whatever and then emily Engsler and Dee, Dee richards r.i.p my dream of her coming back to new york um they got training camp contracts and that's it sure that's the team that seems gonna be <laughs> like that's a tough one because now it's like what does like what does edd do here like because they're just kind of bad now (laughs) like for lack of a better term like i don't really know where what you do with this with the situation if you're her because she's ready to win and they're clearly not at this point anymore so yeah, it, it's it's an interesting situation because they still have very good players. They've got um, Shatori Walker Kimbrough. They've got obviously Shakira Austin. Um, yeah, they're not awful, but they're going to be like eh. they're going to be. Like, I mean, we've seen this before. Even play teams with really good players, like you, you need a good team to win in this, especially in the way the league is going to be built this season. Like, there's going to be quite a few good teams this year, and if you're not up to their level, you're going to get beat down quite a bit. Yeah, it's going to be tough for them. It's going to be yeah. a, a tough, a tough situation for them. Yeah the the warning shot was the Carly Samuelson two year contract because like I'm not going to diss Carly Samuelson and say like oh she's the worst player in the world or anything like that, but it's definitely aiming low. Oh yeah, it is. <laughs> but uh, maybe maybe Dee Dee makes it out of training camp. She gets onto a uh, a W team. And that'd be nice. I mean, I I would like to see more Dee Dee Richards in the WNBA. That's my yeah, take I'm on the for mistakes. Her. <laughs> I'm rooting for her for sure. Uh, the Connecticut Sun. They signed Rachel Banham for two years. They gave Renia Davis, Kiana Smith, and Sydney Weiss, I believe that's how you pronounce it, uh, training camp contracts. And then today it was reported that they signed Beck Allen, but I can't find any terms on this. Years or money. So, mystery contract. But Again, a good. I'm glad they, you know, bring back back Allen helps. But again, a weird with this in the trades, a weird standing pat moment for them. A team that is 
clearly needs another piece to be on the level of the Liberty and the Aces, but don't actually need that many extra pieces. Like, they just kind of need one plus bringing back Doana Bonner. Yeah, it seems like they're going as a, uh, they're going on a rather, like, multiple pieces over one piece type thing. Maybe they just couldn't find the singular piece that they needed. I don't know, but the interesting... They're they're in an interesting spot too. I feel like a lot of teams are in an interesting spot as we sit here today, um, which is interesting for the league. Like it's just kind of in a everyone's just kind of in like a weird place right now. I feel like a few teams are at least, and yeah, I think the Sun I, are one of them. I think it's part at least partially because the because of the way that it seems almost um, like the the Liberty and the Aces are better than everyone else because of the nature of being super teams that now basically and it's possible to do this to have multiple super teams on this level in a league this small is basically like get here or get left behind and while a team like the storm are looking to get here other teams are not and and the sun are in a position where even if they don't match up the level of the liberty or the aces they're still probably going to make the playoffs with the team they may, they have, you know, yeah. like even if they're the in not the number three seed, but they're the number five seed. I mean, eight teams make the playoffs out of 12. They've got a decent shot and they have a very good team. They just didn't quite get over the point guard thing that they needed to get over. Yeah. And like, who knows if they do anything else as the year, as the off season goes and there's trades that are still could happen and there's draft stuff that could happen, but yeah, I just think they need a point card. They need someone to actually run the offense, and I'm curious to see how that goes. Yeah, we'll we'll see. It is only February second. Um, the Los Angeles Sparks are in obviously rebuilding period, but they did sign some people. Um, Laisha Clarendon, they got two years. Ray Burrow got two years. Monique Billings, they signed. I can't find any terms on that because it happened today. Um, I'm glad Laisha Clarendon has like a spot now you know and it's like an actual spot yeah it's i don't believe it's a protected contract but still given the way the team is constructed it feels protected you know yeah that very much feels like um that they'll be on the roster at least for most of the season to be like a to shepherd in all the picks that they're gonna make like you you do need those players who are been around the block a few times and know what they would know what's going on. And they're one of them. So, yeah, I mean, they were in a similar position with the Liberty in 2020 when they brought in uh, UNESCO, they were the, the older veteran helping usher in a movement. And then, you know, unfortunately the, the Liberty cut them in 2021, which really didn't need to happen with how bad the Liberty were that year. They could have afforded to keep Clarendon, but um, yeah. yeah, glad, glad they found a spot. Um, the Indiana Fever signed two players. They signed Katie Lou Samuelson for two years, uh, and then they signed Demiris Dantas for two years. I have never heard of Demiris Dantas. Is this just me? Um, the name didn't ring a bell at first. I'm very, <laughs> like, the, the Liberty did this too, but they only gave someone a training camp contract. They were with Let's see. She was with. Um... She's on Minnesota for the last few years. Huh. 
was like a like a like a like a twenty minute a game player ish. Thirteen points a game in twenty twenty. So how have I never heard? Of, I'm <laughs> wow. Maybe I have. Maybe I've just you know. It's probably one of those things that you kind of forgot. Like, yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, not a huge free agency for the people. Again, interesting because I think it's you. I think Katie Lou Samuelson's a good fit for what they want to do when yes. Clark comes, and I, I she'll help stretch everything and do stuff like yeah. That. I agree. It's not a team that needs like a ton to it. Like you know, like they have the pieces. They have Melissa Smith. They have Aaliyah Boston. They get Caitlin Clark, presuming she comes out, which I can't imagine she doesn't. Um, but it just feels weird because I. I feel like more players would want to go there, which I mean, Skylar Diggins Smith clearly her side reached out and they were like, no thanks. But like, that, like, it's just odd to me that like, maybe, you know, maybe they, they swoop in. They're the, they're the mystery team on Dewana Bonner or something stupid like that. But um, yeah, it just, it's, it's interesting to me that this has been this quiet. I mean, Caitlin Clark and Aaliyah Boston probably get them to a playoff spot, just the two of them alone, but it's just interesting. Yeah. Um, I think it is interesting. I think that they're I think that they're clearly building towards next year being a get Caitlin Clark in the building and have Boston have another year under her belt. And then like the year after, you're like, all right, we probably have the rookie of the year. Year three of Boston, it's time to go. You know, yeah, and so I think someone like Katie Lou Samuelson is a really good fit for that. She's bounced around four teams in four years, but she's uh, she eats minutes. She does a lot of good things. She could shoot some threes a little bit. She's got some, like, yeah, she's just kind of like a good fit. She's a good fit because it'll be like a nice, it'll be a nice like stabilizing force on a roster that will need a veteran. And need a person who's been around. She's only 26 also, but like she's been around the block and she knows what's going on. Yeah. She knows the WNBA. She's played a hundred games in this league. Like she knows what you know. Yeah. And that's a good they need players like that. Like we've we said before, like you always need players like that, in my opinion. But especially when you have a young team and the fever are gonna be completely young. Like they're gonna be their two best players are gonna be a combined one year in the league when they get drafted, when Clark gets drafted, you know. Yeah. Um. So then the sky had one of the more baffling, like free agent day, free agency days for me yesterday. Um, they signed Lindsay Allen to two years, and that's it. Um, in the process, losing Courtney Williams and Alana Smith, and I'm just confused. Um, they. This weirdly feels like what the Chicago Cubs did this offseason, where, like, they signed, they got a new coach, signed one player, and then that was essentially it. Um, but I don't get it. You know, obviously, Kalia Copper's great, and they, they signed her, and they have Marina Mabry, but um, they needed more. And I don't understand why you would lose people and then continue to just stand pat. You know? Yeah, it, it was super unaggressive from a team that I thought was going to be aggressive um, in, in free agency, you know? So I'm a little confused what the, like you said, what the vision is. I don't really know what they're planning. Kind of like a, why do they, what, what do they have up their sleeve type offseason so far? And maybe it's nothing. So <laughs> that wouldn't be great. But 
yeah, it's just kind of interesting. Um, it's it's interesting because I do like Lindsay Allen though, but mm-hmm. there's more to be done here for yeah. this guy to actually get to that next level, and they just didn't do it, and they let people go. So I'm curious to see how they fill those minutes. I I mean clearly there's there's Neca's still on the market, and we'll get into this later, but they're they're not out of it on Neca, and they could potentially, given everything we know about the situation, swoop in if they wanted to for EDD. I, I don't know that they have what, ta- what it takes to get it done, but they obviously have the room to give her a good contract. Um, and that would be fun for, for Deladon to, to come back. But yeah, it's just... It's it's really... Weird, like, nothing, nothing else. You know? And again, like, they have good pieces, but they are even more so than a team like the Sun or the links or whoever like there was clear need and they the the offseason started so well for them with the weatherspoon you know coaching managerial hire it that was so great and this was just like a wet fart of nothing yeah it was really strange (laughs) and i'm i'm surprised that they went that route just because I expected them, like you, like we said, I expected them to um, be more aggressive. And, like, yeah, it's just kind of like the momentum was so there, and then it just died immediately that I don't know what a Sky fan is kind of looking towards in 2023 now, you know? Yeah. Or 2024, um, rather. Yeah, it's just, you know, we'll see. We'll see how this plays out. But right now, it's not filling me with great confidence as they get worse just because they lost more people than they gained and not in like a, well, we cut the fat and got a good, great player or something. Um, They lost more players than they gained and you have teams like the Storm and, um, you know, the, the dream attempting to improve. It doesn't, it doesn't feel great. No, it doesn't feel great, especially like you said, with how everyone else is improving around them. So we'll see what happens next. And we'll see if they do, like, if they do get naked, then it's totally different. Then we're talking about a yes. whole different offseason here. And I think that's a thing that we are kind of discounting because it's possible. Like, there's three teams left and it's to shoot there, the sky are one of them. So if they do that, cool. But that's kind of risking a lot of eggs in one basket. And the other two teams are probably more attractive baskets right now. So yeah, I don't know. Especially don't know. given how the, the off seasons went like, you yeah. know, this, this free agency, you know, the, all they have the boast really is teaspoon. Um, New York, uh, the, the big, the big news, which I don't remember if it had broken by the time we recorded last time, I think it did, or at least the idea was that she was returning. But we didn't have any, um, years or any any idea of the money um john Cole jones is returning it's going to be a two-year deal um of somewhere we didn't, we didn't know the money yet yeah we didn't know the money i also don't think we knew the years i think we just heard that she intended to return which was like that's great but it's two years which will take her much like every other two-year contract we've talked about um it's going to take it right up to the end of the cba in which the cap space will probably go up and the maximum salary will probably go up and you know we'll all see what happens after that um, and it's going to be around what she made last year, which is probably going to be somewhere around $200,000, which is less than she could have asked for being a former MVP and an all WNBA player and everything like that. 
Um, and that's great for New York. They signed Leone Fabich and Okaka Diko to rookie scale contracts. I didn't realize um, Leone, I think it's Fabich actually. Leone Fabich is a is doing really good in Euro League right now. Like she's a leading MVP candidate. Uh, Jackie Powell said. Um, so that might actually be like a move for them as opposed to you know going out and signing whoever you know Beck Allen or whoever on the the free agent market just signing Leonie Fabich, who they got in the um, trade with the Mercury and the Wings in the Sky, where they sent Michaela Onyanwede. Um, and then they also signed Stephanie Mauli, who was with them last year in training camp, and Ivana Dojkic to training camp contracts. So relatively quiet, but there's some interesting stuff in there. Yeah, Fabich is um, an under-the-radar move that I think they kind of... They need to make moves like that when they're in the cap situation that they're in also. Like with the Aces, and we'll talk to them. We'll talk to them. We'll talk about them soon. <laughs> I think next, actually. But they, while they have the stars and they have all that stuff, they still have the cap space to like make more high-profile depth moves. Where the, the, the Liberty just don't. Like, they, they needed to... They didn't draft any of these players. They needed to sign them, and they did all this stuff. So... Like, John Cole Jones making 200K, that's fine for her. I'm happy that she's making basically the same that she's going to make and then is due for a huge raise after the CBA. But someone like Fibich needs to be someone that's in their rotation because they just need the cheap rotation people now that Marine might be gone, even though she might like she might only be gone for half the year. It still might be a long time before she comes back. So they're going to need a lot of minutes to fill out of a bench that was kind of good, but it was kind of cheap. And they need, it's just kind of the same thing. And she's young. She could shoot. She's a wing. They need another wing. Um, they need more three-point shooting, and she could do that. So, yeah, I just think that it's a it makes sense. And also, the other the, the rest of the group is just trying to they're fighting for bench spots and a bench that will probably need a few bench spots. So, yeah, I mean, just like you said, MJ is gone to start the season at least. Um, Hanshu is not coming over the season. Uh, so that's at least two bench spots. Steph Dolson may or may not come back. We don't know. Um, if she is, she's there. If not, that's another bench spot. Um, Ivana Dojkic was with the Storm last year for a bit, and then she got cut at some point, but she apparently was pretty good last year with the Storm. Um, I don't remember. Um, and then the other thing I completely forgot to put on here, um, Stewie, we don't know the number, but we know that it is a one-year deal. Um, my assumption is that she's going to go through the core at least like it'll be the two years, but each year they'll rework the money amount, you know, to determine like determined on how much everyone else is making. This just feels like the vibe to me. Yeah. It's not like I she's going to make $5, but like, they're going to say, okay, this is our base number. And then depending on how the rest of this off season goes, we'll figure it out from there. Maybe you get an extra 20,000, 30,000 or something like that. Yeah. I could see that. I could see that, that being how it does. Oh, and, um, Fibich is shooting 44% from three um, this season in Europe. So, like, that type of shooting is what we're talking about here. It's not just a little shooting. Like, she could shoot. Come on yeah. down. <laughs> yeah, like, you need stuff like that. But Stewie signing a one-year deal makes sense to me. Um, I don't think – I think that you're either going to extend really long-term off a of core or just go through the core. And I don't see a reason why she would extend really long-term in <laughs> – with the CBA coming up. So that's why all these deals are two year deals, basically. 
because the CBA is about to come up and that's when after that is when the raises come. So everyone is either going to, there's going to be a ton of movement around the league or just a ton of raises around the league either way. But yeah, I think it's going to be a little of column A, a little of column. That's going to be a very fun off season. It's going to be when psychotic. <laughs> every player is a free agent. That's going to be crazy. <laughs> Basically everyone you can ask for is a free agent. It's going to be nuts. Um, so the, the aces will go to next. Um, they signed, they, they made two decent signings. They signed, um, Megan Gustafson for two years and they signed Kia Stokes for two years. Uh, and then they also signed Sid Colson to a training camp contract and Morgan Jones to a rookie scale contract. Um, I, for one, am shocked that Sid Colson went back to the yeah. aces. Yeah. <laughs> Who could have seen it coming? Impossible to know. Um, I actually think Megan Gustafson is a really good pickup for them, especially since Kia Stokes, last week we heard, was in a... It's still hurt, yeah. Yeah, still in a walking boot. Um, So, assuming, you know, it's February, if she's still in the walking boot, there's going to need to be some time between getting out of the walking boot and actually getting substantive minutes. Um, She's going to be very valuable to them. Um, We'll talk about this more later, but Candace Parker is a free agent, um but has not signed anywhere. So if I were to make a guess, I would guess she comes here. And we'll, again, we'll talk about it more later. But for now, this this is a this is good for the Aces. They had a max slot, and they instead decided to, and I think this is smart, focus on the bench more than filling a max slot and getting another star, which they really don't need. Yeah, I think it's I think it makes sense to do what they did. Like Kia Stokes is obviously a big part of that team, and um, I, it makes a lot of sense for her to stay because obviously it makes sense for anyone to stay. It's the aces. They're the best team in the league. They're probably, they're going to be either a, another, a champion again or in the finals again. Like I would be shot. Something has to go horribly wrong for them, for them not to be, but <clears throat> yeah, Gu- Gustafson makes sense. She, um, she isn't really a starter, but she could. She's going to be a valuable big, uh, a valuable big off the bench, and they needed stuff like that. And I think the bench is just a little bit stronger with with someone like this on it. And I think that was the one weakness that the team had last year, and it didn't matter at all in any way, shape, or form. But regardless, it, it's still a weakness, and it's just a little stronger now. And that's even scarier for everyone else in the league. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, the way I see it is someone like Megan Gustafson takes the spot of Kayla George. And again, I'm not going to sit here and be like, Kayla George is the worst player person ever played basketball. But that is an upgrade, in my opinion, at least. And um, that also helps take the load off of someone like Alicia Clark, who found herself just constantly in all the time for the second half of last year. And it takes pressure off of Kia Stokes, who will maybe be rehabbing an injury still once the season commences. It, it's just, this was a really solid move and they have her for two years. So that helps weather everything else out and say, okay, we at least know we have this stability on the bench for, you know, this year or next. Yep. Yeah, I agree. And I, I, I thought like, I, I thought this is the route they should have went the entire time when they were when we were talking about what they could do going forward 
um, and we were kind of previewing the offseason stuff, I thought this was the route that made the most sense for them because, like, while adding another star obviously makes them better, at some point, it's like you need... It's not over... I don't want to say overkill, but they don't need one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Depending on if you bring back Candace Parker or not, four or five of your five uh, starters are all stars. You don't need any more stars at that point. And again, not that it's not fun to have another star, but you really should also be like, do we want six stars or do we want, you know, four stars and then like a decent bench that's playable? Yeah. And also it's just injuries happen and stuff happens. It's a long season and stuff happens throughout the year. And there's going to be weirdness with the Olympics this year. And who knows what people look like off the Olympic break coming back. So I don't know. It just makes sense to have a little bit of a longer lineup. A, lo- a, a bit of a deeper rotation when you're getting into the playoffs and there's more basketball to be played for them this year. And there's yeah. more highly competitive basketball when half the aces are going to be on the, on the Olympic teams <laughs> and then coming back, you know what I mean? Like yeah. that team is going to, all those starters are going to be on the Olympic team. So. Yeah. And it's going to be a comp- more compressed season. Like it's not going to be any shorter than it usually is, but you've got a, you know, three or four week long break in the middle of it. So you're going to have to cram in all those games on either side of it. So it does having a bench this year, especially is important. Yeah. And I think that's, I wouldn't be surprised if that's what they were saying. I think they looked at the continuity with the starting lineup already and said, we don't need to mess with something that it's, if it's not broke, we don't need to fix it because everyone's trying to reach them and they're getting better as a team anyway. So it makes sense. Uh, the Minnesota Lynx, they signed Alana Smith for two years, Bridget Carlson, Carlton for two years, Courtney Wilson for... Ooh, wow, I'm really fucking everything up. Courtney Williams for two years, and Liz Dixon and Kayana Trailer to training camp contracts. Um, while they didn't get one of the top-line point guards, um, Courtney Williams was one of the better ones available, and they signed yeah. Bridget Carlton. They re-signed Bridget Carlton. They got Alana Smith, who was very good last year. This was... While not a really big headline free agency, this is a very solid free agency for the Lynx. Yeah, I think it's something that also clearly needed to happen for them. They needed some. They needed stuff to be different there because of how because of how um, that year seemed to go, just vibes wise. And I think this will go a long way to being a little different while still being competitive. Like I don't think they're going to suck next year by any stretch. I think they did a pretty good job of working free agency to make it a solid, still have a solid team next year, despite looking different. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's, they're going to be good. Ne- I mean, they have an Afisa Collier. They're going to be good next year. And this helps them while not leapfrogging them over too many teams. This will allow them to maintain consistency and um, almost certainly make it into the playoffs. Oh yeah. I would be shocked if they're not like a playoff team just because yeah. there's too much talent there. Yeah. Um, the storm, other than their, their trade, they made one major move and it really was a major move. They were the winners of the Skylar Diggins Smith, uh, lottery, I guess they got her for two years on a max contract. Uh, this is awesome. I didn't even consider this. I like that they're going for it. I like that they're building around Jewel Lloyd, uh, after extending her, I like that they, I like the idea of 
storm and sky i just love that that's gonna be such great marketing i love everything about like i am grinning talking about this right now yeah it's it's a really fun fit and i think it's something that the storm obviously they had a huge turnover with like sue bird and stewie you know what i mean like it was just a it was just like a huge difference from how they were for so long to what they are where they were last year but then they're like right back at it you know and that's kind of cool that it's right back at it a different way and i'm curious and i'm excited to see how this goes and skylar dickensmith is great and they have a lot of money still yeah. like they're not close to being done so that's another cool thing on top of that where they could turn in th- themselves into quite a team in the west yeah. like overnight with they one have- off season they signed one max contract. They have room for another one and two minimum contracts. This team and they going- already have talent. Like yeah. it's not like the team sucked and they were doing this with like building it from nowhere. You know, like yeah. they're doing that with Jewel Lloyd around. You know, so it's not like the the team is already good. So yeah, yeah, I'm happy it- that that I'm happy for their fans because it was it was probably a tough little time there, and then they immediately were like, "Now nah, we're we're still here. We're still about. We're still trying to be good." Uh, to be a team for whom's rough period is one year. It's like, like, yeah, really, that's really what it was, you know? Like, it's not like they were bad for a much long, for a long time. Boy, I would kill for that. Um, the Mercury also made one move. I want to. I know we're we're. This is going to be a long episode if you haven't realized that by now. Um, but I want to like talk about this a little bit. They signed Natasha Cloud for two years, and that's all they did. They were talking about wanting Beck Allen, but she went back to the Sun. Um, they have talked about Elena Deladon, but nothing's happened yet. And this move is in the context of them doing nothing else on the first day of free agency, and almost all of the major free agents coming off the board, and they're not in the neck of sweepstakes. Um, this move feels very weird to me. It is. It's weird because it's also, I think the weirdest part about it is, let me, before I say this, let me make sure I'm right. But Natasha Cloud is 31 years old. So it's not like she, it's not like she's like 25 and you're like, we're getting a really good player who's young in the door and we can build around. Like, it's not like you can't build around Natasha Cloud. She's great. She's also older. So like her, the window to buy to build around her is a little smaller than someone else. It's just father time is undefeated. So I'm a little curious to see that's what they did, but also they're probably saying like, Hey, it's probably one of those things that like for the fans, it's like, Hey, we're here. We're, we're, we're not going to just sit around and wait till whenever. And also for Natasha cloud, it's, this is a team that is going to build around me. Like this is a team that's very, she's going to be, the person there for like the best problem. She's probably, would you say she's their best player? Um, yeah. Right. She's definitely, that's what I think too. She's like, definitely better than Tarasi at this point. And I think she's what, like two or three years younger than Griner. And given the question marks around Griner's, um, mental health following the, the unright, the, you know, <laughs> terrible uh, detention yeah, like, in Russia. Like, it's just the best and also most consistent would be my thing. Yeah, so she's going to be... It's a weird year for them anyway, because a lot of this year is going to be like Tarasi's retirement tour and 
Griner just kind of, I don't know if she's going to retire or not, to be honest, but I think she just has one, one year left on her deal. So she's technically a free agent. Is she, but she's not going anywhere. No, she's not going. She has said that she wants to stay through the end of Tarasi's, you know, career. I forgot that she was a free agent to be quite honest with you. Well, because she was a free agent last year too. Like she's just never left. Um, but, but yeah, I, it's just, I don't, um, even if they get Elena Deladon, and Elena Deladon obviously is a very good player, but the health issue is such an issue with her. I don't know that they're good next year, either way. No. If Elena Deladon um, can stay healthy for 30 games, she goes there and she can stay healthy for 30 games, they're good next year. If her back, is all fucked up again, and D- Diana Taurasi is like just <laughs> being getting older, and like we've seen that she's not bad, but she's not Diana Taurasi anymore. And you know, Brittany Griner again is is getting older and isn't the same Brittany Griner that she was, you know, five years ago. It just feels very odd to me, and a new coach, you know, who doesn't know you know, what a basketball looks like. Um, again, I'm, if they lose a ton this year, I'm not going to, I'm going to be merciless towards that. Yeah, it's it's Um, so funny. But like, it just, it's so weird. I also want to say this. Someone, I saw someone bring this up and I texted you about this. The off court fit of Natasha Cloud and Sophie Cunningham is bizarre. I don't, (laughs) how are they ever going to be able to even look at each other? Because Natasha Cloud is not quiet, and Sophie Cunningham isn't either. Like, there, it's not like one of them is like, "I'm just gonna hold my opinions to myself." That's not happening here. No, it's gonna be so funny. <laughs> and like that team is just very. That team's so weird. Like, like just it's one of the. It might be the most bizarre team in the league. If I'm gonna be completely honest with you, um. Because, like you said, we're talking about retirement towards Tarasi. We're talking about Brittany Griner at the end of her career, just kind of like maybe just kind of hanging on to play with Tarasi during her final year and then <laughs> riding off into the sunset, which I would not blame her for either way. She could kind of do whatever she wants. But And then you add Natasha Cloud in, in, into the mix, who is great but very opinionated. And like you said, Sophie Cunningham's great but very opinionated. So, like, that room is going to be really fun from an outsider's perspective and they're just kind of in, I think they're in like a transitionary phase and they're just kind of saying, Hey, we don't want this last year of this kind of group to be bad. I kind of think that's what it is. It's kind of raising the floor of how bad the season could go for Tarasi's last year. And then cloud is going to be there for the start of the next group, whatever that may be. I kind of think that's what they're looking at it as. And if you're cloud, then you're going to a place where cloud very clearly wanted to be, um, what's the word? She wanted a team that yes, there we go. She wanted a team that really valued her, and I well, think yeah, that she this put is that shot at the Mystics out the door, which <laughs> exactly where she was just like, "I'm going to a place that really values me as a person, or whatever the quote is. I can't remember it exactly off the top of my head, but it was very much like Phoenix made me feel like I'm, I'm like a, I'm. There's something that they, they they really care about me, the player, and me, the person, and it's probably because like. They're, they have a lot of high plans for her after this. 
like at like probably around she'll be here to shepherd in the the rebuild after all of this. So it's just a fun it's an interesting fit overall because it'll be funny to see how all of this works. And it'll be it'll it'll be funny to see this in action because I don't really know how it's going to go. I think I hope Coach Girl Dad has like a nice steady hand on the on this on the wheel here because as we saw the last couple of years, um, just tossing a new coach into the situation with Vanessa Nygaard, she was not prepared for that situation. And I think you could see a lot of similar issues here. And obviously, I mean, the 2022 season for the Mercury, it was also a lot of higher emotions because of everything that was happening with Griner. But you saw Skylar Diggins-Smith and Diana Taurasi not getting along. Um, And it was just an odd... The vibes were off, and yeah. I hope that, um, you know, Nate Tibbetts brings his, his girl dad skills to that room and lets them all know that he's the, the husband of a woman and the father of women and that they all need to get along. Yeah. <laughs> as much <laughs> as, as many jokes as you're making about it, you're, you're not wrong. Like, and that's where something where he has a lot of experience in locker rooms and he has a lot of experience in handling young players and handling situations where it's a lot of validity. Like he was a G league coach for a long time and that's a weird place to be. Um, it's a lot of common. It's, it's a lot of combination of young guys trying to make it and older guys trying to hang on. And they're all trying to battle each other because those, those locker rooms, there is competition against each other as you are against the league, you know, because you're playing for people to notice you above you and on another organization somewhere else, or, you need to fight for your minutes, not only for your, like in the NBA or the WNBA, you're fighting for your minutes to play more, to make more money, but you're fighting for your minutes in like a G League or a minor league for your livelihood at that point. So it's just, I hope that his experience in those areas carries on to the W, like you said, because managing people is kind of similar no matter where you are. Um because if that's not about X's and O's on the court, that's about stuff outside of the court. And if you're able to do that, you're able to do that. And hopefully that's something that he's strong at because they might need it. <laughs> and also it's just going to be a tough year because like, I don't know how good Tarasi is anymore. And she's going to be the focal point, And I don't know. That's going to be weird. <laughs> I'm curious to see how it goes. Like I'm very curious. Yeah. It's a good thing they have a stabilizing force like Sophie Cunningham. She's very calm on the court. She never has any sort of controversies about her. She's just a great person in there. <laughs> it's going to be wild. And um, the New York Liberty have their 2025 first round pick. So I uh, listen, <laughs> I hope Miss Cloud drops 30 a game and they win five this season. Like I. <laughs> I want the best for Cloud, and I want that team to just be terrible. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then finally, the Wings. They signed uh, Kalani Brown for three years, um, which is the only three-year deal we've seen this offseason. And at first I went, that's odd, because the CBA ends after two. Um, But the more I thought about it, I was like, you know what? This is a player who saw the fact that she's not she may not be a top tier player in 2025 when, like we've said, every player in the world will be a free agent. Um, but she could take that money now, do three years, get paid more, whether or not she's good or or mediocre in the, the coming years, and then go into a free agent class in 2026 or whatever that um, she may be one of the only options. 
given that literally every person will be signing the year before. So I, I think I understand the reasoning a little bit more. And, you know, while she will in that last year being making much less probably as opposed to her teammates, um, she could end up parlaying herself into a decent payday if she plays well. And she'll only be 29 when she signs her next deal. So it's not like she's going to be over, over 30 or anything like that. Um, and then Satu Sabali signed a one-year deal, uh, about $13,000 below max to allow the team to build around her. Um, again, interesting because they did nothing else with that $13,000 that they were offering her. Cause they also got Kalani Brown for lower money than everyone else was offering. Like, I don't, I don't get it. You know, like, I get it. Their team wasn't bad last year. They have a lot of good players. But, again, they're a team that could have benefited from a better point guard. Um, not to say anything against Crystal Dangerfield. I personally love Crystal, Crystal Dangerfield, but she's not on Natasha Cloud's level or not the Skylar yeah. against Smith was going to go back there. Like, they could have improved that spot, and they didn't. And then Sasu Sabali said, here's an extra $13,000 to um, maybe put another good player around me. And they went, bet and did nothing yeah i mean she'll get rewarded for that in the back end at some point probably in post um cba <laughs> she's kind <gonna get> <laughs> of oh, like yeah. she's 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 real good so she'll get paid but yeah um the three-year deal i didn't think of that at all um to be quite honest with you that makes a lot of sense but i think it's a little risky to just do that because i would probably rather be a free agent when all the all the people are coming off the board, but then you made the great point, like you just said, like she's going to be one of the only options a year after. So I'm curious to see how that works out for her. But yeah, I mean the wings are good. They're they have a ceiling because they just don't have outside of Satu Sabli a ton of high 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 end talent. But maybe they make a trade. Maybe they're a secret um, trade piece for one of these people on the block. And then we're having a different conversation if they could do a sign and trade extension type thing. Yeah. Maybe they swoop in for Elena Deladon. Yeah. That's the person I was thinking of really. That because, would, that would be fun <laughs> because they would have the money to pay her and maybe they just do a big pick situation because that's what the mystics really want. And the mystics are clearly, I think at this point, they, they literally put it in the paper that they're rebuilding. So it's not like, <laughs> It's not like they would be opposed to taking a very pick-heavy return. I'm not sure. I haven't looked into the the WNBA rules about how many picks you could trade because I know there are rules for that in other leagues. I would be curious. I'd be interested to see how that looks like. But overall, yeah, I think they have space to do stuff. I don't know what you could do anymore. <laughs> so we'll see what it looks like. I think they might be a trade, a, secret, a dark horse for a trade, though. Yeah. Uh, listen, I'm rooting for anywhere that isn't Phoenix. Yeah, just don't send <laughs> Elaine Dell down to Phoenix for selfish reasons. Yeah. <laughs> I'm allowing myself to be selfish on this one thing, because if Paige <laughs> Beckers stays in college, I want that number <sighs> one pick. <laughs> That'd be insane. I, like, how, this is totally off topic, we have to get to the next segment, but like, it almost makes me really, like... This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. 
Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Deep down, like a little like sadistically happy to be like, oh, people would hate the liberty if that happened. And I would love it. Hey, what people would hate them so much. <laughs> people get so pissed off. You take that team and you just unplug Courtney Vandersloot and plug in first year of the W, Paige Beckers. Oh, man. <laughs> Um, all right, let's let's take a break because we just basically recorded a podcast episode on its own in the second segment. Um, and when we come back, we'll we'll talk about the last little remaining mysteries of free agency. All right, and we're back. So, I mean, we were teasing it before and we were going back and forth on it, but uh we still have no idea what's happening with Elena Deladon. Um for Deladon, they were they were talking about on the um free agency special they did on ESPN2 yesterday. Uh, they were talking that for her, the places of interest for her were Phoenix, which again, why? And um, Vegas, which I get that one. Um, but Vegas may, they said the Vegas may not have the pieces to get it done. Um, I guess conceivably she could patch things over with the Mystics, but um, she apparently, they said on the special as well, that she was not happy when the Mystics cored her. Um, so I think actually coring her was like the final nail in the co coffin, maybe. Uh, I personally would like to see her go to a Wings or a Sky or something like that. Just not Phoenix. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Phoenix is the only option I don't want. Please don't do that. But realistically, like, Unfortunately, I think Phoenix would be the team to try to, like, do it to try to really push through the rebuild. Um, I don't know if that's smart or not, but it is. It, it's just, like, Vegas made a lot of sense before they signed Gustafson, because then at this point I don't really know how you fit. Like, I guess they still have the money, but then you're talking about other things like, like um, the pieces that you need to trade for that, and it's just tough. And I don't know, the Aces don't feel like the organization that like doing stuff like that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. the, the Aces just don't feel like the org that would say, hey, we're going to trade all this stuff for a uh, 30-something-year-old Elena Deladon. You know what I mean? Because they're like, they're, their strength is in their stability. Their strength isn't in there. It's not like they... They, they, they want to be as stable as possible and doing that is keeping all the stars that they have now who are younger around before they get too old and then building around them. And while Elena Deladon is objectively building around them the strongest you could possibly do it, it kind of makes things a little more messy in the future. So that doesn't, it, it doesn't feel like their vibe to, yeah. to, to do that, if that makes sense. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I also think the other problem with Vegas, and this is looking from the Mystics point of view, is um they've been very clear they want picks and i think they want picks this year which is probably why they were talking to phoenix phoenix has the number three pick or whatever um vegas doesn't have a first round pick this year because yeah. of the uh whole thing with dierica hamby so they don't have that to send and while that could be something where you know if they had that pick they could say okay here's this pick and whatever you know bench player or not that they even have bench players, but like whatever players you want, money, whatever. Um, they just don't have that to give to them. And and I, while I'm sure the Mystics would be like, thank you, I would like a 2025 first round pick. They probably want that paired with a 2024 first round pick. Because I don't think they want to be in rebuild mode for that long. Because they have yeah. Shakira Austin right now. They have Shatori Walker, Walker Kimbrough 
right now. They don't want to be looking, you know, they signed Carly Samuelson for two years. So I think they're looking to next year and they're trying to get picks for this season so that they have that for next year. Um, but yeah, it, it, it's really weird. I, 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 the fact that we heard the Phoenix stuff and then nothing happened after that, we didn't even hear like, oh, they're still talking. I don't know if that's still in play or if Phoenix said we really want to keep our number three pick, like, you know, cause this is a really good draft class. Um, yeah. but yeah, it, it's, that's all in flux. The other situation that's majorly in flux for free agency is, um, where NECA goes. Uh, they said last night on the ESPN broadcast, it was said it was sourced from her sister, Shanae, which I think is a pretty reputable source in this situation. And her, it's a, yeah. it's a, <laughs> who's the source? Literally me, the Toronto Blue Jays. Um, the finalists are <laughs> the Storm, the Sky, and the Liberty. Um, I think the best fit is with the Storm. I think the Sky would be fun. And um, I... I mean, I'm a Liberty fan. I would like to see it for the Liberty, but I, it's a weird situation. Although I would like to, um, I was texting about this. I would like to publicly say that, no, if you sign Neko Gwumike, you do not need to make her earn a starting spot. Yeah, that was so weird. I had to pause the television when Carolyn Peck said that. I was baffled. Like, with her full chest, she needs to earn it. She was number six in MVP voting. Like, what are we yeah, doing here? <laughs> you you hold the door open and you say, "Please start." Yeah, you go and you, to and you, you <laughs> and you figure that shit out. <laughs> That's you, what you do. You say to Courtney Vandersloot, "We love you," but maybe sit this one out, Chief. Would you like to come off the bench? You're quite old. <laughs> Have you? Did you see your performance in the finals last year? <laughs> would, <laughs> would you believe me when I told you it was not good? It's. Like, I don't want to believe because I think overall she goes to Seattle. Um, I just think Seattle makes the most sense for the situation. Like, Seattle has Seattle has the money. They could offer her the max, and it's easy. They could offer her the starting spot, and it's easy. They could say, hey, come and be the focal point of another team, and it's a really good team. Like... You'd, we'd be lying to ourselves if we'd say it's not a good team, you know? Yeah. Like, they're in a great spot for how, like, they're, they're, just, they're just a good team. And, like, they'd be a great team with her, and I think it's the cleanest fit. I think the Liberty is probably the best. If she wants to win a championship, I think she should sign with the Liberty and try to figure it out, but they just can't offer her what the, the Seattle can in terms of off the court stuff. Yeah. And I don't know how much that means to her. So. Yeah. We're going to have to wait and see. I think this is like the perfect design of a free agency period where like most everyone's off the board, but two of the big names are still floating around out there. So you get the mystery while also the excitement of the first day. Um, Agreed. But yeah, we'll we'll see where that goes. Um, I have been checking my phone this entire time. She has not signed anywhere since we started recording. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm then, sure you would have been stopping the presses as soon. As I would have been like, we have some news to report on the air, folks. Um, and then finally, I had another thing here. I deleted it because we're. I don't know if you've looked at the running time. We are running quite. Yeah, long. I'm, 
Yeah, I figured. <laughs> um, Marie Johannes, uh, we were talking, we've been, we've talked about this multiple times. Again, we're Liberty fans. Um, everyone in basketball, in, in W-related circles, believed that due to the prioritization rules after a player um, has played their third year in the league, uh, that, that Marie Johannes would not be able to come over due to the Olympics, that she would miss too much time, and that that would just be it. Close the door on this season. We'll see you in 2025. Um, and then Richard Cohen, who is a great follow on Twitter, and I really recommend. He has a lot of really great info. Really gets the CBA, makes it very easy to understand. Uh, said that in the offseason, the W reworked how they do prioritization and service time this year. Um, and now it's the rule is that if the player came back to the league after 21 days had passed since the start of the season, they don't accrue a year of service time. Um, by this rule, neither 2019 nor 2023 counted, which is weird to me. Um, but okay. sure. <laughs> it, Kathy Engelbert, I, I guess I got to roll with it. Um, so if this is true, and this is how the league views Maureen Johannes, she has one year of service time, which means that she wouldn't be subject to prioritization this year. She could come back after the Olympics. She wouldn't accrue a year of service time either. either. And then next year, this wouldn't be an issue. Um, and then after next year, the CBA is reworked. So we might have gone from a situation where uh, Marine Johannes cannot play this year. Next year would have been weird because of when the French season ended to just we live in the wild, wild west. Nothing counts. And MJ is now here forever. Yeah, I mean, I just, this is, <laughs> this is the biggest, I don't want to say problem because it's not really a problem, but this is what it's like rooting for a young league in comparison to like other leagues because we're still learning these things and things change to the <laughs> degree that other leagues just don't change at this level. Like if we have a major rules change in baseball or basketball or football and talking about the NFL or the NBA, MLB, everyone would know immediately and it would be sent to like Jeff Passan and Ken Rosenthal and Adam Scheffler and Woj and everyone would know, but shit happens in the WNBA and just shit happens. And you're just like, you'll find out like eight months later because Richard Cohen found out and like someone finally got back to him or he finally asked like, Hey, and then, you know, it's just kind of funny how stuff works. And I think this is a good example of what rooting for a young league is like. And also, okay, but like, if you're the Liberty, then like, what do you do? This Like, how does her contract fit into the, like, do you have to like figure out a way to fit her contract in? Is it automatically fit in? It makes shit really complicated for them too. And makes really complicated for that front office because do you sign NECA without knowing if you can even afford Johannes, when she comes back, is her contract already on the books? So you already know if you can. Like, I don't know how that works either. Like, that's the first thing I thought of when you sent this stuff to me. You know, like how this works for contract purposes because it's very bizarre. But yeah, so, we'll see. <laughs> sitting here about it now too. Like, is she still playing for the rookie scale number for like that second year number? Is her number now just eighty thousand forever? Like, I'm really confused. Like, how did the no and also that they would be like, oh, this is our rule that we implemented this offseason. It now applies to every season ever is really weird to me, too. Yeah, 
that's like that 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 they like grandfather grandfather to rule in. That's really <laughs> they like. Guess what? This, mean, we we lied. To, I'm not going to lie to you. Probably shouldn't be grandfathered in because it probably screws a bunch of other teams over in ways that they're probably mad about. But you know what? We move. Um, <laughs> Listen, I'm not going to complain if it gets us Marines Johannes post Olympics for a playoff run. Like, okay, sounds yeah, good. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not going to complain about it, but it's bizarre. Yeah. And I think it's one of those things where the Liberty are probably like, um, can somebody tell us, please, soon? I'm, I'm also confused because, again, we're like, we're, we're baseball fans. And the way I think of service time is like the way it's written on baseball reference, where it's like, yeah, you may not accrue a full year, but you still accrue time. And then that time adds into each other. Like, is she just at 1.0 forever? Or is it like, we no, but it's like, like this about every sport. Like, no sport in the world exists that it's it's one year of service time or zero. Like, <laughs> like days count and and shit like that. So I don't know. Like, we'll, we'll see. And overall, I would be surprised if she comes back just for this reason because I think it's going to be super complicated for the Liberty to make this work. <laughs> and she probably just takes the year off and then comes back next year and it's fine. But here's hoping. And it would really help the Liberty in this case, so... You know, I'm thinking too, because when they were doing their contract, just their general contract stuff that we talked about, you know, two two weeks ago or whatever, where it was like, okay, they offered this, con- they offered a reserved contract to Marine Johannes, but they didn't do it to Han Shu. And the whole point was, well, Han Shu's not playing this year because of prioritization and because she's going to be over in China and everything like that. If... If that was the case, because then she gets she's just a suspended player for the year. If if that's the case, why like <laughs> why wouldn't they do that with Marine Johannes? But instead, they had to offer. A co- I think this is true. Now I'm thinking about this with the clues that have been. Lo- this is great. The WNBA is like a murder mystery. Where I have to solve. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I get the Christie movie where the end is who did this, and the answer is Kathy Engelbert. Yeah, it really is. Um... <laughs> It's 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 fun to guess, and we do a lot of guessing <laughs> sometimes. We guess how many teams we're gonna have. We guess if players if days count anymore. Uh, we just do a lot of we you know a lot of guessing. It's great. Um, yeah, this has been a very long episode. We're at almost an hour and fifteen minutes. Remember a couple weeks ago, we were like, man, we got nothing to talk about. Yeah, if only we knew. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think that about does it. We're not even going to touch all the college stuff. We'll get, we'll cover anything we missed this week and next week. If there's not, yeah. if, if, you know, something else that crazy doesn't happen. Uh, do you have anything else you want to say? Thank you for sticking with us with our longest episode yet. <laughs> and, um, yeah. now this is why we waited. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, you can follow us on Twitter at TOTKpod, and you can email us at TOTKpodcast at gmail.com. I'm getting really good at that. Um, thank you for listening. I I hope you've stuck around the whole way. You know, wouldn't blame you if you didn't, but also there's a lot of stuff to talk about. Maybe that's interesting. Uh, talk to you next week.